In this episode, I answer a listener question about resistance to self-care stuff, and I discuss simplifying getting unstuck. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist that's a little bit into the polyvagal theory and a lot into helping you to get unstuck. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. If you're one of those super fans, stick around after the main topic. I have an announcement about episode 101 and beyond. I've got a homework assignment and a message from one of your fellow superfans. And a couple of disclaimers before I get rolling into the main topic. Please put yourself first. I keep every episode as safe as I can, and I think it's a pretty darn safe one, but just by the nature of the stuff that we talk about, you may experience some stuff come up, so take a break if you need to. And this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. The topic here centers around resistance and multitasking, and kind of simplifying the process, I got this uh, very brief message from Elizabeth. She says, hey, Justin, I feel like I'm in the process of a big shift, but I push up against a lot of resistance delving into self-care stuff without multitasking in some way. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, Elizabeth. This is, of course, not specifically for Elizabeth. This is for anybody that can benefit from it. And I'm going to break this down into three different pieces. The first one is talking about all this self-care stuff. And the second piece is resistance to self-care stuff. And the third piece is about multitasking. And then I'll kind of give you my answer, my my sum it up, my thoughts um, on the whole thing. There is a lot of this self-care stuff, is there not? I mean, there's yoga and breathing techniques. There are courses and masterclasses. There are support groups and Facebook groups and therapy. There's coaching. There's grounding techniques. There's books. There's toxic happiness and positivity, toxic motivation and hustle. Uh, There's diets and non-diets and exercise routines and just ad nauseum. This stuff goes on and on and on. Everybody has an opinion on wellness. Everybody has an opinion on self-care. All and Myself included, yes. Every single one of us swears that we know what we're talking about and that we're helpful. It's it's kind of overwhelming. It's a lot of self-care stuff. But is it all actually helpful? Now, for some of this stuff and for some people, yeah, this is probably helpful. I hear from people saying this podcast is helpful for them. And if this is part of your wellness or self-care or just a resource for you, awesome. But for the next person, it may not be, right? So for some people, yeah, all this stuff that I listed may be helpful or maybe just one piece of it belief in this stuff really matters. I mean, just generally, if you believe that things can get better, then I think that's a big step forward. If you have hope that things can get better, if you feel like you deserve uh, for improvement in your life, I think all of that really helps. But I'll just say that belief, belief really, really matters when it comes to this. So when it comes to all of this self-care stuff, I think that we need to focus on what we believe may actually help or things that we have some hope in or interest, like genuine interest in. And then I I think focusing on that one thing, maybe those two things, just, you know, as minimal as possible, I think generally less is more. That if we have some belief in one resource or one therapist or whoever or whatever, one technique, whatever it is, that if we believe it's going to help, that probably is a good indication that it has a better chance of helping 
Now, belief is one thing, but the execution of these things matters also. So if you're seeing a therapist and you don't really believe in them, that's, that's, one, that's one thing. But if, they're, if their execution is not appropriate, like uh, if someone says they're doing EMDR, and I don't know a ton about EMDR, but I know it's more than just the eye movements. But I hear from people who say that the therapist just jumped straight into the eye movements without the other pieces of EMDR. So the execution matters. It's not just eye movements, right? So we want to believe that it can be helpful, but we also want to be with somebody, if we're hiring somebody, that, that, that can actually be helpful. We want to stick with what is effective. We want to stick with who is effective. We want to use the techniques or like the breathing techniques or the yoga stuff or the course, whatever is actually effective. We want to find what, what actually helps us as individuals. Stick with what's effective. Stick with who brings you feelings of safety. I would say that also. What provider, or what practitioner, what you know, Instagram personality do you get cues of safety from? Because I, I think if your biology is in a safe and social state, you're going to be a lot more open to change. There's, there's a lot of self-care stuff. There's a lot of self-care people, a lot of self-care resources. There's a lot. So what, what of these things do you actually feel safe with? What do these things bring you up your ladder enough for you to really benefit from? What do you feel belief and hope in? What are you genuinely interested in? And what aren't you? And, and that stuff you can probably cross out. And I think guessing and checking is totally fine. So I think my course is helpful. I mean, I'm one of those people. I have a course. I have the Instagram. I got the podcast. I think my course is helpful. And, and I'm hearing that it is from, from the people that are taking it. Uh, but it may not be for you. And there, I actually have a link in the description to a testimonial from a mom that took the course. She found a lot of benefit from it. And I, I used it for a blog article talking about uh, the course and is her uh, pretty long testimonial. You can get a, kind of get an idea of what a real person thought of it. So I think it's helpful for you in particular. I have no idea. And not just me, but whatever course you decide to take, whatever book you decide to buy, that person who made it thinks it's helpful. But we never know. We, we can never know if it speaks directly to you as an individual. So I think if you're skeptical about whether it's my course or somebody else's book or somebody else's course, that's, a, that's a generally a good thing. I think it's okay. But if you're skeptical and kind of angry about it, like you're buying it out of resentment or, um, that, or irritation, that might not be a good combo, right? So if you're skeptical but hopeful, I think, I think that's a good combo. But if you're resentful, like you want to take the course, but you're resentful of the fact that you have to pay for it, uh, that might not be a good combo, right? That might set you up for failure. Or if you're resentful that there's like a time commitment, like for my course, there's a 30-day uh, time commitment. It's in small doses of work each day, learning and doing. But it is a 30-day course. Now, if you resent the fact that it's a 30-day course, then the chances of you finding success through it are probably lower. So my, for my course, it's probably ideal for someone that can pay for it and for someone that can dedicate that time to it and for someone who finds safety in me. And even though it's not therapy, that you kind of have to feel safe or believe in the provider, right? And the person who is creating the course and selling it or the book or whatever it is. So I think all those pieces, when they come together, can help you to narrow down the, the self-care stuff and uh, what you should focus on. So the second piece we have here is resistance to self-care stuff. 
Now, I did another episode not too long ago called Overwhelmed with Wellness. Also, I'll link that in the description. The basic idea of that episode is, with all the self-care stuff you're doing, is it the right kind for you? Not everything works for everybody, like I said already, I think. I watched this Instagram, uh, was it a Reels? or an IG? I think it was a Reels. And actually, before I tell you what it was, let's do an experiment here, okay? I want you to, just, just with your eyes, I want you to look to your left as far as you can. And just hold it. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> or Don't make it uncomfortable. Don't, don't make it painful. But just look to your left with your eyes. Don't move your head. Look to your left with your eyes and, and tell me what happens. Well, you can't tell me. This is a podcast. But, but um, I would actually, if you want to email me or DM me, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. But look to your left with your eyes and just see if something happens. Now, if nothing happens and you're like me, because that didn't do anything for me either. But I watched this Instagram reels where the person was saying that in order to quote unquote stimulate your vagus nerve, which I don't, that um, mindset, that doesn't really work for me. Because that's not exactly what we're doing. We're not really stimulating the vagus nerve. That's not exactly right uh, what we're doing here. The person was saying that if you look to your left, it'll cause you to yawn, and that yawning is a way to stimulate your vagus nerve or something like that. I didn't yawn. I'm, no, I'm curious. Did you yawn? So the idea here is that not everything works for everybody. So that recommendation was not the right one for me. Maybe it works for some people. It just that didn't work for me. I didn't yawn. That did not help me to quote unquote stimulate my vagus nerve or to self-regulate. If anything, I just felt irritated. And when I looked over to the right, the same thing, it didn't happen. Cold showers, people say take a cold shower to quote unquote stimulate your vagus nerve or to self-regulate and that does, uh, it's cold, it feels cold. That does, but otherwise that's not really something I'm interested in, doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I feel cold, yeah. Uh, It's shocking, so that kicks up some sympathetic activity, yeah. Is that the right kind for me? I don't really feel much hope in taking a cold shower as a way to climb my polyvagal ladder. Just That's just me, though. But for you, that might be the, the bee's knees, right? But, but maybe the cold shower is the best thing to do when you're in a certain state. Maybe if you're in more of a sympathetic state and you need that intense return to the present moment, that might work for you. That might be the thing. So is that the right kind for you? That might depend on what state you're in. Is it the right kind that might depend on how much belief you have in it? The self-care stuff that you are seeking out probably should match what state you're in. And I think that you build from there. So if you go try boxing while you're in a very dorsal shutdown state, that's probably not going to be a very good fit for that state. But going for a short walk around the block while you're in a dorsal state, like a shutdown state, that might be a better fit. If you box while you're in a sympathetic fight state, yeah, that's probably going to be a really good fit. But going out for a a nice walk while you're in a sympathetic fight state, yeah, maybe. But it's probably not ideal because it doesn't really utilize the, uh, the biceps and forearms and hands and shoulders and chest, those fight muscles. So if you feel resistance for self care stuff, it might be because there's a mismatch in the self care technique and what state you're in now how about this part about multitasking could multitasking be a way to cope 
Multitasking, I think, could be some sympathetic returning energy, some returning sympathetic energy, or it could be some freeze energy discharging. And these are two different things. And first off, shutdown and freeze are, are different. I do have uh, resources on my website, justinlmft.com, about that, like a, a blog entry that gives examples and explains how it's different. But basically, shutdown is that limp collapse and freeze is that tense, rigid immobilization. Now, if we're going from our bottom of the ladder shutdown state up the polyvagal ladder, the first stop is our sympathetic fight energy. And that requires some return of sympathetic energy. That's different than if we have uh, some freeze energy stuck within us. And so it's not returning, it's already kind of there waiting to be used, and it, that can be there for quite a while. So that's different. But regardless, both of these have some level of energy, and I think multitasking requires energy. It's not really a passive thing. It requires that you're able to, to be energized enough to handle multiple things at once, right? So multitasking takes energy. But you can also multitask from a productive and even a playful energy. So if you have enough of your safety pathway active along with that sympathetic energy, whether it's returning or discharging from the, the free state, it, you can multitask but be very productive. You can even be playful. You, you could have fun with that. That's different than a defensive multitasking that's more of a frantic or rageful kind of thing. So if you have enough safety, it, it can be a productive, healthy thing. but but it can also be something else. And I think that multitasking could be a behavioral adaptation of sorts. And what I'm saying here is rather than being with this sympathetic energy that's returning or discharging from a free state, rather than being with that sympathetic energy, we disperse it over many things. So we're not being with it. We're not feeling it. We're not feeling into it. We're not allowing it to run its natural course that needs to happen. We're instead focusing on one thing and that doesn't do the trick, so we, we do something else. And rather than focusing on energy through one thing, like creativity or singing or building something or just meditating on it or doing yoga, whatever it is, rather than doing that one thing and really feeling into that sympathetic energy, we're instead doing multiple things and none of them really probably do the trick and none of them really allow us to be with that energy and allow it to do its thing. So it's a behavioral adaptation. It's something we do in response to some stuck energy or some returning energy. It's a misplacement of that. What we want to do then is to be with that sympathetic energy as it discharges or as it returns while you do one or maybe two, but I think the simpler the better. Maybe one or two of these self-care practices. And I kind of talked about, well, what self-care practices do we do? And I think whatever you feel hope in, whatever you believe in, whatever is effective, like those are the things that we focus on. Whatever you feel some level of safety or maybe joy or peace through, that's you do those things while mindfully being with that defensive energy. So channeling it into a creative practice. I just did an episode on creativity and how that 
relates to getting unstuck. And if you're a creative person, that's, that's such a good opportunity to feel into that stuck defensive energy and to be with it and to allow it to return and allow it to discharge. I think doing small pieces of practice daily can be really helpful. And it might be small things of a course or a technique. It could even be just small pieces of very practical, I mean, practical, bare bones, uh, daily practice, self-care stuff like getting enough sleep, eating healthy enough, being mindful enough, or having enough social interaction. I'm not, I don't know the right amounts. I, I definitely can't tell you what the right amount is for you. So I'm just saying enough. Um, do I expect you to eat a perfectly balanced diet, whatever that is? No. Do I expect you to always be socializing and connecting and smiling? No. Do I expect you to always, you know, get the perfect amount of sleep every night? No, just I think enough is, is well, is enough. And doing that, though, just doing those simple pieces, those small, daily, fundamental self-care things, that, that, that's, that creates a nice, solid foundation on which you can do the other stuff, like the courses and the books and the whatever else it is. But you have to have that nice, solid foundation of self-care, right? Just the daily practice stuff. And then build, I think, build in you know, with those other pieces that you're buying into or hiring or practicing or reading. What, what's the answer here with all this stuff then, right? The answer is you want to, again, be with the stuck defensive energy as much as you can or with the returning defensive energy. Be with it as much as you can. Not all of it. There's a good chance it's going to be too much, but as much as you can. You also want to build the strength of your vagal brick as much as you can. And that, what that means is you exercise your ventral vagal safe and social pathways. You want to exercise that as much as you can. The stronger the, those pathways are, the more tolerance you're going to have to that defensive energy. And the more tolerance that you have to the defensive energy, the greater your capacity will be to mindfully be with it while it needs to do its thing. I think part of the answer here is to simplify, simplify, simplify. Just really bare bones. What do I need to do to take care of myself? And it might be starting at those foundational things like sleep and what you're putting into your body. Uh, the, the amount of mindfulness you have, the social connections you have, just bare bones, fundamental stuff. So simplify, get those bare bones things in order, and then build on to whatever wellness stuff you're buying into. I think part of the answer here is listening to what feels right, to listening to what you feel hope in and what you feel belief in. And I think also, of course, we have to be anchored in the present moment. Again, I think my course can be helpful with that. I'm going to have a link for you in the description. There's a lot of links in this episode in the description. And my course, Building Safety Anchors, is going to be one of those links. I, th I think it can be really helpful because being in the present moment is so foundational to all of this wellness stuff. Getting unstuck or healing or whatever the hell you want to call it does not happen unless you're in the present moment. And like I said earlier, you want to build the capacity to be with that defensive energy. And if, you, if it takes you out of the present moment, then you're, you're not being with it. Now you're potentially reliving or re-traumatizing yourself or you're, you're just not in the present moment anymore, right? You're potentially not in your body anymore. So being anchored in the present moment is so... It's so important, all of this.
If you're in the present moment, you're going to be able to tell what you feel hope in. If you're in the present moment, you'll be able to say, I tried this thing like a cold shower or looking to the left and that didn't work for me. So I'm going to cross that off my list. I'm not going to expect to, to, uh, to get some help from that, just at least right now. But these other things that I've been trying out, these are helpful. And if you're in the present moment enough, you'll be able to recognize what's helpful and what's not. So I think it's extremely fundamental is being in the present moment, being anchored in the present moment. My one announcement is that episode 101 is coming up, and that means the Polyvagal 101 series is coming up. I'm going to revisit the Polyvagal foundational fundamental pieces like I did way back in episode 1 through 9. So we're going to do it again, and I'm going to spread things out a bit more, and I really want to do as much of a deep dive as I can. But yeah, Polyvagal 101 is coming up. Let's revisit these concepts. Let's get that nice, solid Polyvagal foundation under our feet so we can build from there, okay? The homework here is to examine your self-care routines and practices. What can you simplify? Where can you find more safety? And where can you channel some sympathetic energy into? So that's your homework. And I've also got here a message from a superfan. This person sent me a message through Instagram DM that says, may I use this opportunity to say thank you. I implement your suggestions when I teach, like fidgets and making the room less cluttered, paying attention to the student state. And the person says, I reevaluate my life every time after listening to the nude podcast. It's a lot of work, but I am blessed with at least starting to understand how it works. Thank you for making the knowledge available. You are a super welcome Instagram person. This is from a while ago. I didn't write down your name, sorry. But uh, you're a very welcome Instagram person. Um, I'm glad that you're finding some... I'm glad you're finding this to be a helpful resource. And I hear that from a lot of people. And it means so much to me to know there's real people uh, benefiting from from my time and things that I'm doing here. And uh, yeah, we've, we've covered a lot. I mean, we're almost at 101. We've covered a lot of ground, I think, in this podcast. And I hope that you, dear listener, have found something or many things to be beneficial from this. And I'm not slowing down. There's a long way to go. There's tons more stuff we can talk about, right? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I hope you've learned something new to help you climb your own polyvagal ladder. Bye. This podcast is not therapy. It is not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you're experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.